from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. That very day, the first day of the week, two of Jesus' disciples were going to a village seven miles from Jerusalem called Emmaus. And they were conversing about all the things that had occurred. And it happened that while they were conversing and debating, Jesus himself drew near and walked with them. But their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. Jesus asked them, What are you discussing as you walk along? They stopped looking downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, said to him in reply, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know of the things that have taken place there in these days? Jesus replied to them, What sort of things? They said to him, The things that happened to Jesus the Nazarene who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people. How our chief priests and rulers both handed him over to a sentence of death and crucified him. But we were hoping that he would be the one to redeem Israel. And besides all this, it is now the third day since this took place. Some women from our group, however, have astounded us. <coughs> they were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body. They came back and reported they had indeed seen a vision of angels who announced that he was alive. Then some of those with us went to the tomb and found things just as the women had described, but him they did not see. And Jesus said to them, Oh, how foolish you are! How slow of heart to believe all that the prophets spoke! Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them whatever referred to him in all the scriptures. As they approached the village to which they were headed, Jesus gave the impression that he was going on farther. But they urged him, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening, 
and the day is almost over. So Jesus went in to stay with them. And it happened that while he was with them at table, he took bread, said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to them. With that, their eyes were opened and they recognized him, but he vanished from their sight. Then they said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he spoke to us on the way and opened the scriptures to us? So they set out at once and returned to Jerusalem where they found gathered together the eleven and those with them who were saying, the Lord has truly been raised and has appeared to Simon. Then the two recounted what had taken place on the way and how he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you. Grief is an unwanted intruder in our human lives. It sneaks up from behind us at the worst possible moments, or maybe at the best possible moment. Our lives are going well, things are happy, things are cheery, and all of a sudden, grief grabs us in its dull claws and hugs us tight. And when grief does that, it has an effect on us, obviously. That's why it's an unwelcome intruder into our lives. It, it sucks the air out of us. It makes us heave with sobbing. It brings tears to our eyes. It takes the words out of our mouth so that we can hardly speak. Grief, maybe most of all, leaves our hearts shattered, unable to love, unable to believe, unable to hope in a better future almost. Grief, indeed, is an unwanted, an unwelcome, an unhappy intruder in our human lives. Cleopas and his companion along the way, perhaps his wife, were not unfamiliar with grief as they walked along in today's gospel. For three days already, they had been grabbed by grief and had the air sucked out of them and had their hearts shattered and wondered what was possibly next and wondered if they could even hope again, if they could believe again, if they could trust again in God's word. And so as they walk along on day three, after having experienced the worst imaginable thing in their lives, this Jesus whom they loved, just Jesus whom they knew intimately, this Jesus who had dined at their table, broken bread and shared the cup and eaten and, and shared companionship with them, this Jesus who had taught them so much about loving God, a God who was a father to us, this Jesus who had healed the sick and blessed so many with his words, this Jesus, 
that they loved and knew whose hand had touched their faces. They had watched in horror as he was first betrayed. And secondly, he was taken captive and then brutalized and hung on a cross until he died before their very eyes, breathing his last on a hot Friday afternoon. It was all unimaginable. It was as if everything that they had held dear in their lives, their hope, their faith, their trust in God, all of this had been shattered in a matter of hours. Grief indeed had them in its claws as they walked along that road now three days in to this terrible horror they had witnessed. And what did they talk about in their grief? Very little, almost certainly. Words having been sucked out of them. Their heads bowed under, under the weight of it all. Their eyes mostly closed. Perhaps all they could talk about was never going back to Jerusalem again. They could not go back to that city. They could not bear to see the face of the high priest Caiaphas. They could not bear to hear the crowds churning around in the marketplaces who only days earlier had been crying out, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. Even perhaps they were tired of the apostles, those who had fled and they're whining, and they're complaining, and they're hopelessness in those days. To Jerusalem, never again shall we go. As they're walking along, their feet stumbling perhaps, trudging along at best, a stranger comes up to them. And, and they're so immersed in their own pain and their own suffering and their own grief that they, they don't even look up to see who it is. They just keep walking and walking and walking. But the stranger asks them an important question. What is it you're talking about? You look really down. You look terribly discouraged. You look lifeless. Where's, what's going on? Why are you walking this way? And the stranger then listens to them. He gives them this great gift of listening to them cry and weep and tell their story of all that had happened and ending perhaps with the words, where is God in all of this? The stranger listens to them patiently as they unburden themselves of all of that grief and all of that pain and all of the terrible horror that they'd experienced in those recent days. He listens to them first. And it's only after he listens to them and they have unburdened themselves and all of the pieces of the puzzle that have been scattered have been shared with him he begins to put that puzzle back together, piece by piece, prophecy by prophecy, word by word, scripture by scripture, story by story, making it clear that all that they experienced was not not of God. 
that somehow all of this was making sense in the big picture of things by explaining the scriptures in this little liturgy of the word along the way he slowly allows them to see that what has happened indeed is the way God of God their hearts burn as they come back together the shattering is unshattered the pieces of the puzzle begin to be matched up again hope is restored life is restored enough love is restored to them that when they reach Emmaus they invite the stranger into their home that's something generally you're not sure you do a stranger into your home for a meal after all that has happened but love prevails in their hearts again and they invite him in and the stranger does something extraordinary then after having accompanied them on the way and their eyes being closed through their grief by their grief to who this was it is only when he takes that bread and blesses the bread and breaks the bread and then offers the bread to each of them that their eyes are opened it is the blessing of the bread the breaking of the bread that puts it all together suddenly they realize that the stranger who has been walking with them all this way listening to them restoring them allowing their hearts to burn again with love for God this is Jesus the risen one right before their very eyes seated at their table breaking the bread blessing the bread giving the bread to them and suddenly in the breaking of the bread they are made whole because they now have seen the risen Lord just as he promised just as he said it would be their eyes are opened their hearts are restored they live again they love again they're filled maybe most of all with hope again and with that they go running back to Jerusalem to proclaim the simple message that they have seen the Lord risen and alive and as beautiful as ever Well, it's a beautiful Easter story it's not meant by the evangelists to be a story that remains in the first century something that happened to someone else a long time ago that we all these years later listen to and say isn't that nice <laughs> but it's not our story but it is our story <laughs> that's the point of telling the story that's why this is good news this is why it's in the gospel in the first place because this is our story too because we know grief this unwelcome intruder into our lives and and not only grief itself but its various cousins we know in our lives what it is not only to sorrow over the death of someone we love the more we love them the greater the sorrow 
But we also know doubt and we also know insecurity and we also know self-doubt in ourselves. We also know what it is to be sad. We also know what it is to be discouraged. We know what it is to have our hearts broken. All of these things are part and parcel of our human lives also. And so what this story reminds us in a powerful way is that in our lives too, in the joys but also in the sorrows, in the grief, in the brokenness, in the unhappiness, in the unfulfillment, whatever, the risen Jesus is walking with us, seen or unseen, bidden or unbidden, recognized or not recognized. He is first of all walking with us, listening to us, bearing our burdens with us, and slowly piece by piece offering to us a word here and there that restores our hope, and restores our love, and restores our ability to walk forward in our lives with our heads raised and our eyes open. And yet there is more. And yet there is more in our lives too. Jesus sits down at table with us. Jesus, the risen Jesus, the real Jesus, the Son of God, Jesus, the dead on the cross, raised from the dead on Easter morning, Jesus. He too, in our lives, takes the bread, blesses the bread, breaks the bread, and feeds us with the bread. And, and what is the bread? It's the bread of Passover. It's the bread of freedom. It's the bread of new life. It's the bread of communion with Him and God and the Spirit and with one another that restores us and nourishes us and allows us to hope and believe and know that the risen Jesus has been walking with us all along and gives us to the courage to, to proclaim each of us in our own way, some quietly, some loudly. We too have seen the Lord. He has walked with us. He has taught us. And he has broken the bread with us. Hallelujah.